I could not be more excited to share this client breakthrough episode with you. Today, I'm sitting down with my amazing client, Stephanie O'Day, and we're talking about the mindset shift that made the absolute biggest difference in our work together. When I first met Stephanie, she was a New York Times bestselling author and crockpot blogger who had been in business for herself for a long time, but knew she wanted to write about more than just crockpotting 24-7. Through our work together, she shifted her mindset and trusted the universe to meet her halfway as she went all in on coaching women who wanted to make a change in their lives. She rebranded, landed clients, launched a podcast which appeared in the top 100 in multiple categories, wrote two book proposals, and found a new literary agent after four years of being told she needed to stay in her lane. We let you in on exactly what shifted her mindset from, if it's meant to be, it's up to me, to it is meant to be, and it's happening for me. So you can apply these very same shifts to create more success in life and business that actually feels like success. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Stephanie O'Day. Stephanie is a New York Times bestselling author who has written 10 books. She is best known for her A Year of Slow Cooking website that she started in 2008 as a New Year's resolution to use her crockpot slow cooker every day for a year and write about it online. She started with absolutely no money down as a way to legitimately work from home while caring for her children, and it took off. Within a year, she had been on national television multiple times landed a juicy book deal, and was attracting more than 2 million visitors a month to her free Blogspot URL, which created roughly $1,000 a day in ad revenue. When I started working with Stephanie, she was going through an identity crisis. She didn't want to be known as the crockpot lady for the rest of her life. And while she loved helping readers and answering their questions, she knew that there was more to her than simply different ways to cook a pot roast. In one year of working together, Stephanie began life coaching women who wanted to make a change in their lives and started the Slow Living Podcast. You can find her online at stephanieoday.com. Stephanie, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. (laughs) You are absolutely welcome. I feel like this has come full circle because I hired you to help me, but in order to decide for myself that you were who you were, I probably binge listened to six to eight months of your episodes in about three weeks. So oh you were God. on loop in my brain 24-7, and I'm like, this is the check. I need this one. 
<laughs> well, that's amazing. I, I mean, I love that. And obviously, that's the point of the podcast is so that people can get to know me and my thought process and my methodology and all of that kind of good stuff. But let's tell the people a little more about you. Can you fill us in on, of course, I've read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it. Absolutely. I kind of joke about this that I've always sort of envisioned myself or thought of myself as like a backwards feminist and that I really just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I wanted to have all the babies take care of all of the humans and the pets and all of the things. And I don't know, not really work, but I also like money and <laughs> we live in San Francisco. So it's inevitable. We actually need the money. So um In 2008, I needed to stay home. So my middle daughter at the time, she was my youngest, she was getting sporadically sick and I was working full time and she um, was in daycare and she started getting really violently sick. And so I quit and I pulled her and my husband's like, yeah, no. So that's not actually a thing. You do need to go to work. And um, fast forward, she's fine, by the way. She's absolutely fine. We found out that she had celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance, which is so prevalent, of course, now. But back in 2006, 2007, it was nowhere near as commonplace. Like We did not know what it was. So she's totally mm-hmm. fine. So I needed to find a way to work from home. And so I started taking freelance jobs and I was writing for a parenting magazine, and I started doing some online editing work for blogher.com, which was a brand new startup of women bloggers. And I realized, whoa, there's actual real people out there making money writing on the internets, and I want to be one of those peoples. So I liked the idea of a super tightly focused niche in that I wasn't sharing our personal family stuff all mm. over the place. I'm actually a very private person and very introverted. Um, and I didn't want pictures of the kids online. I didn't want to actually use my real name. I didn't want to talk disparagingly about my husband ever. Um, so I liked the idea of a tightly focused cooking site, but I don't cook. I don't even actually like to cook. <laughs> So I just literally in my own house would throw things into the crock pot and push a button and walk away. And so I joked with my husband after a Christmas party at his work where I probably had way too much free champagne. Hey, I should make a New Year's resolution and I should write a crock pot blog. And usually he thinks my ideas are a little far-fetched, but instead he's like, huh, that might actually work. So the very first picture of me on the internet is if if you zoom in, I'm in front of our Christmas tree because it was Christmassy time and I'm wearing dirty socks, which Pinterest has pointed out to me and I'm hugging my crock pot and I, I put it up there and I said, hi, I'm Stephanie and I have an unnatural obsession with my crock pot and I'm okay with it. And um, the site took off and it was wonderful and it was amazing and it gave me what I was looking for, which was a legitimate income stream with absolutely no money down and I could take care of my kids from home. And that is really the the solid why of why I did all of what I did. That's amazing. I love your story so much. And I think that 
It's really fascinating because I feel like you got in at such a great time. Like if we could like fast forward to the future and see what blogging had become around that time, like you got in when blogging was like in the beginning, you know, like that was like, that was the time. So I think that it's just fascinating to see how that kind of intuitive nudge of like, I think I should do this thing. It turned into like, you know, what it was essentially and like what made you a New York Times bestseller, you know? It it was. The the timing was amazing. And and since then I've now seen my own recipes kind of bastardized all over the internet and like, well, I actually did invent crockpot cheesecake and crockpot yogurt. And it's okay. I'm I'm okay with it. But what's interesting <laughs> is that was 2008. But I got married in 1999 because I'm a lot older than you. Um, and I already had the thoughts, like the framework was getting started. I, my very first personal development book <laughs> was in 99. And I actually created an account on Amazon to buy it. And it was rich dad, poor dad. And that sort of set me up for knowing I wanted to do something. And, and from there, I found Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Esther Hicks and Law of Attraction. And all of these things were in there for a good 10 years, mm-hmm. like festering and growing. And and so, I mean, there's a lot of luck involved, but I think there was a lot of, I was setting myself up to recognize opportunity. And I think how you talk about letting the universe meet you halfway. I think that was absolutely the case is I had done so much work on my brain and my mindset before that when this sort of idea sprung, it it felt good. It felt genuine. It felt like I can absolutely do this. That's amazing. So talk to me about what shifted. Like talk to me about what happened. Cause I mean, it looked incredible, right? Like you talk about going on Rachel Ray and all these like amazing opportunities really like came out of that. So talk to me about like what happened next. So I, I rode the wave yeah. <laughs> is, is, is what happened next. So it's really interesting because I've, I've shared this with you before, but um, I have a ping pong brain. So I probably have a little bit of ADHD that is not diagnosed and I'm a-okay with it because I just feed my brain with caffeine and impulse. Um, but I am married to an engineer who is logical and methodical. And we joke in our house that his nickname is Mr. Spreadsheet. And so if I'm the great, big, huge, like helium balloon, he is the weight keeping me from floating away. Mm-hmm. And so thankfully I knew while I was riding this wave, that it wasn't sustainable. And you and I have talked about this quite a bit about mindset and having that thought, hey, Steph, this isn't sustainable, was probably not a very good thought to have, but it kept us on the straight and narrow in that we did not spend money, we saved the money. And because of that, we're in a great house in a great neighborhood with great schools and all of these things because we were diligent and, and really had our eyes on the the far away future, which for us has always been early retirement and paying for the kids' education and setting them up so they don't start their lives in debt and blah, 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 and all of the kind of boring stuff. Um, 
while I was watching my blogging peers um, bend <laughs> a lot. And, and, and unfortunately, some of them crashed and burned and, and the recession happened and bankruptcy happened and marriages failed and all of these different things. But I always sort of had the mindset that we were building a rock solid foundation and money is a tool to, and it's, it's something there. So the, the way it sort of crashed and burned or, or, or sort of petered out. And, and one of the reasons I reached out to you was because I wanted another set of eyes on my business trajectory and, and where I was going is I knew, I knew probably in 2017, I didn't want to do this anymore. I, I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the crockpot lady. I don't want, <laughs> I have like more to give. Like yeah. I, would, I would be on stage and they would like introduce me and like ask me where I got my passion for cooking. And like, my brain is like, I don't like cooking. Like, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. I have no passion. I have no knife skills. I use my pampered chef chopper thingy for onions. And then I had some other lady and she's like, well, you could take cooking classes and you could learn knife skills. I know I could. I can learn anything. I don't want to. I'm not, yeah. I'm literally not interested. It's not fun for me. I want to goof off with my kids and enjoy my life and have an early retirement. Like that's literally where I was always kind of headed. And so the Instant Pot hit the market. And in, I think it was Christmas or Black Friday of 2017, 60 million units of the Instant Pot like were sold. And it was huge and, and just insane. And publisher, my book publishers, my literary agent, and then readers were constantly clamoring for Instant Pot recipes. And they... Um, they wanted me to translate all of the slow cooker recipes to the Instant Pot, which makes perfect sense, but I didn't want to do it. And I felt like I had to do it. And I had people telling me that I was leaving money on the table and this is the low hanging fruit and you're an idiot. And, and also lovely, always wonderful when somebody tells you you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I, I didn't want to do this thing. And so I oh, bought no. it and I goofed around with it. And then I kind of had this like, voice of God or voice from the universe that was like whispering louder and louder of just because you can do something fast, it doesn't mean you should. And I, and I realized that all of the things that I've done in life and, and all of the great things and, and the, the marriage and the house and these kids and the relationships with my parents and keeping our health in check and all of the things we've done weren't from a hustle feeling in our bodies. It was taking the time to, to figure out what we wanted and then slowly and methodically going for it and, and just inching towards it. And so I, I realized right then and there, I really wanted to focus on not just slow cooking and sort of create this umbrella of slow living. And you can absolutely have all of the things you want that like the hustle culture is, is trying to portray. You can have whatever car you want. If that is what's driving you, you can have the, the rock star marriage and, and what is it? The six pack abs, like you can have all these things, but it doesn't mean you have to burn yourself out getting there. You can mm-hmm. do it in, in a sustainable way. 
And, um, and I, I really like watching, um, Hallmark and Lifetime TV and they rerun the Golden <laughs> yes. Girls all the time. And, and if the Golden Girls teach us anything, it's that if we're lucky, life is long. Like, why are we racing? Like you can do all of the things, but you don't need to do it with this like hustle feel and drive. And, and that's what I teach. And that's what you helped me just solidify and, and where I want to go. And you can do all the things you absolutely can. And, and honestly, you can do them all at once, but you don't need to do them in a way where you feel behind or you feel like you're being left out if you're not going, going, going. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. So I'm so curious, what do you feel like was the biggest mindset shift in our work together? Like what stands out to you? What like made the biggest difference to you? I'm totally curious to hear your thoughts here. um, My biggest mindset sort of shift and why I reached out to you was that I had done all of the things so far on my own. And I was really proud of it. But I kept hearing in places and I kept reading in books that what got you here won't get you there. Mm. And I knew where the there was and the there was not here. And I'm (laughs) pretty sure that this is not proper grammar, but but I, I I could foresee what I wanted. And I is getting close to turning 45 and um, these kind of like milestone birthdays really stand out to me. And so um, I've always been like a list chucker offerer, like by mm-hmm. 30, I'll do this. And by 35, I'll do this. And by 40. And so 45 to me meant I had roughly five-ish years or so left to create income and, and create wealth. And I knew where I wanted to go. But I also knew I couldn't keep doing what I was doing over and over again. And I needed another pair of eyes on what I was doing. And I needed someone to sort of shine a light on my blind spots and and what was holding me back. And then honestly, one of the biggest reasons that I reached out to you was that you were young and that you were fresh. And, and I really, I appreciated that because I had had always worked with people older than me who would just sort of like pat me on the head and be like, you've got a lot of stuff. You should be happy. Like you've done mm-hmm. a lot of things. And I liked the idea of someone who was very aware and open to knowing that there was more and that mm-hmm. I didn't peak in my early thirties and, and that there was still more to come. And, and that was very enticing to me. You sold me the day that I went back to your podcast episodes and I had listened to the one where you had talked about how woo you were. That mm-hmm. was the day that I reached out to you. I'm like, yep, she is speaking my language because it does not make sense, but I am totally woo. <laughs> I love that so much. And it's so just like, so you know, and for everyone listening to like, I remember that series, I think was like part of the things I'm afraid to tell you or like some version of that. And I was like, so afraid to claim it, It, which is absolutely hilarious at this point, because I talk about the universe all the time. And I talk about all these things that like, probably, I mean, if you're in the space, you probably are familiar with, but like, if you're not in the space, probably are really out there. 
And I think it's just so interesting that sometimes the things we're most afraid to share or most afraid, like people are actually going to know that I believe that the universe will meet you halfway, like gosh forbid, right? But like that was that was a really hard episode for me to put out there. That was really difficult for me to share. I like I probably stressed about that episode. I'm pretty sure I listened to that entire series before we actually put it out there. Like it was it was definitely a thing for me, but I think it's also great evidence for anyone listening to this, that sometimes those things that do feel more vulnerable or feel like they take a lot of courage, like I always say courage is the frequency of change, but like that feeling of like putting it out there, getting it, moving it through your system, getting it out there, letting people know, like has always just been the thing that becomes a match for the best clients. And I think that that's just like so useful to see because it's so scary at the time, right? It feels so intense, but the more you do it, like the way I looked at it when I put that out there was like, I was just gaining another, like another level of knowing I could handle the feelings essentially, like knowing I can put things out there and I can still feel safe and I can still continue to show up for my audience. Like that was the win for me more so than like, what are people going to think? But it's also such a beautiful result on the other side to be like, it literally also brought an amazing client to me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I love listening to you. And it's so funny and I've shared this with you before of, I always looked forward to our sessions, but afterwards I was kind of pissed at you for about an hour or two. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> which yeah. shows, because that's what the work is. So growing up, my dad had fish tanks and whenever it was fish tank cleaning day, like the tank looked clean, but he would put his hand in there and he would stir around the aquarium gravel. And then all this gunk would float to the surface and it would look disgusting. And then he would use the net and he would change the water and and clean it out. And that is essentially what you did to my brain is I felt great. And then I'd sit down with you and you're stirring around all my thoughts. And you're like, well, is that really true? And I'm like, screw you. Um, But you were right. Like that was the work. That was what I had to do. And it was absolutely the correct thing for me. And, And I can feel a difference in myself. My family can feel a difference in that. I'm much more confident. I'm not scared of pissing off the crockpotters. And I spent a lot of time <laughs> being scared of Chrissy. And and they do. Like, well, this is lovely stuff, but how do I cook my chicken? And and I get it, but like there was more to me than than that. So totally. I mean I think that would be interesting to talk about too. It's kind of like where you were at when we began our work together and like what you felt like the the shift was or kind of like where you're at now or what changed. I think just like kind of a high level overview of that would be super helpful. Yeah. So when we started working, I knew I needed to do rebranding. I knew I needed to do a shift and I had different ideas in my head for quite a while, but I didn't have a cohesive plan. And so in that one year, I ended up with site designers, obviously, rebuilding and rebranding the stephanieoday.com site and separating out the a year of slowcooking.com site. And it was great for my brain space because... I would write to the crockpotters one way and I would write to the slow living audience another way. And then the the podcast sort of fell in my lap and you helped me 
through that. And, and that is absolutely an example of the universe delivering. So I have a few different ways the universe has met me halfway. There's this one with the podcast that I'll share. And then I want to share in the very early stages of the Crockpot site, how the universe met me halfway and why I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe in that. And it can be woo, but I don't actually think it is. I think it's magic. Um, So I had the thought and I told you, I just want to be, because it sounds so like show-offy and I apologize in advance. I, I told you out loud, I just want to show up and do nothing but talk and have somebody else do all of the tech. I just want to be the talent. I just want to show up. I want to have a mm-hmm. podcast, but I don't want to learn anything else. I don't have the mental capacity to learn anything else. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and and then I started asking you, well, what do you do? And you're like, well, you have to hire this person. You have to hire that person. And you have to do this. And then you have a team. And I'm thinking, I don't want to do any of those things. So that was in my head, the end of the discussion. I am not destined to have a podcast because I don't want to do any of these things because this sounds ridiculously hard and I'm old and I don't want to learn new tech. So to me, that chapter was done. And then, I don't know, four months later, six months later, I'm procrastinating and um, scrolling Reddit and some guy said that they are looking to expand their podcasting network and they will do all of this stuff if you can provide the talent. I'm like, huh. So I filled out the form and they were expanding their podcasting network from gamers. It was a gaming podcast network. And <laughs> I clicked on it and the guy had a big bushy beard and he was like essentially like a bro, a bro. And I'm like, so here I am, this suburban mom. And I want to do a lifestyle show on slow living. I am not your <laughs> not your anyway, person. <laughs> I am not your person. But here I am. If you're interested in expanding into mom talk and parenting talk and personal development, here's my contact information. And he totally called me. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, I don't want to learn anything techie. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll send you the microphone and we'll teach you how to do all this stuff. I'm like, okay. That's and it was amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so thank good. you. Thank you, Mike, for writing back to me. You're a sweetheart. And, okay. So, so, <laughs> so that was an example of, I had the thought, I had the intention. I knew I had a body of information that I could talk about. So that's the work on my end. The universe meeting me halfway was Mike falling in my lap. Totally. So, so, so that's current time. But back in the olden days with the Crockpot site, I did the work. I created the recipes. I, I wrote. I did write to the Rachel Ray show. I told them I was awesome and amazing and they should have me on the show. So that was me doing the work. Where the universe met me halfway is that day one of my readers watched the show and thought I did a good job. And she pulled her husband in and told him watch. And he worked for ABC and ABC at the time um, was owned by Hyperion, which was a publishing company. And then he walked down the hall and told Barbara Jones from Hyperion, Hey, this one needs a book deal. And then she reached out to me. There is no way I could have orchestrated 
any of that. And so that to me is another example of the universe meeting you halfway. And just so cool to see how you release the how in both of those instances, right? Like to me, that's the part that stands out the most where like the podcast thing felt like a desire, but when we started talking, the work involved, you just like completely detached. You were like, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, it just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were like, it's, it's just cool. All right. Thanks, Amanda. Moving on. Right. But like, yeah. you were well, so and I think detached. it's also important to know what's in your wheelhouse. Like, yeah. I know I'm not a cook. I am a crock potter. Like, like, I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to, like, even the Instant Pot is too difficult for me. Like, you have to release steam. I don't want to release steam. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I always make my husband release the steam, by the way, because I'm like, I don't want to get burned. I know. It's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, totally. But, but, it, but it's tough because like when you're in the middle of knowing you want a change and knowing something needs to shift, you want the checklist. You want to know how. I Like I always joke with my kids that Like the magic eight ball says all signs point to yes, but you want to know you're on the right path. And and releasing that is so difficult for humans. It's so difficult. We want to know we're doing all of the things correctly. Totally. But I think that's also, like you said, the eight ball says you're on the right path. Like we all have the option to decide that. That's not... Like it's not like all of a sudden someone tells you like, hey, you're on the right path. Like that we would all love that, but like, doesn't really happen that way. And I think that that's so beautiful because then we can just decide, right? We can decide we're on the right path. We can decide it's always working. We can decide to get the support. We can decide to make a change. Like we bring back so much power when we decide, yes, this is what I want. Yes, I'm deciding I can get it. Yes, I'm clearing out the thoughts that are in the way. And yes, I'm totally available for how the universe is going to meet me halfway here. But like, I just, I can't poke holes in the universe meeting you halfway. Like I can look back in instances in my own life, shit that I really didn't think would work out. Like I remember leaving my job um, in New York to move across the country with my boyfriend of two years, which made no freaking sense. And them pulling the laptop they had given me to freelance on post move because it was against policy. And I just remember that feeling of being like, well, let's see how this goes because now I'm leaving with like no job lined up, which was always kind of the plan, but not really, you know, like you like to have a little something to grab onto there. And like just seeing how that was like the beginning of my design studio. And also they did keep me on as a freelancer on my own computer. That whole thing still boggles my mind, right? But like, like you said, like I could never, like I could, I tried to line up the circumstances, right? Like I literally tried to do everything in my power in those instances, but like deciding that, you know what, it's going to work out or I'm going to figure it out had to be the decision there. And I think that's almost the gift that we can give ourselves is like the more you can decide, yes, I like, this is the right path. This is working. One, it feels a whole heck of a lot better, but two, I've just seen the universe meet me halfway in those instances so many times, like again and again and again, you know? I I think you're right. I think what happens is when people are saying affirmations or are saying, it's all fine, it's all fine, it's all fine, when it's not, Mm -hmm. and then they feel delusional. And, And so it's trying to find the things that are true 
and not fake. So I, I mean, little tiny things of like all of a sudden just seeing a happy bird and feeling happy and, and that kind of thing. And I think sometimes affirmations get a bad rap and, and people talk about like the whole toxic positivity and that kind of stuff. And in real life, bad stuff happens. It, it, mm-hmm. it really, really, really does. And it's, it's paying attention that even though bad stuff happens, you will get through it. You really will. And, and there are good things to come on the horizon. And when you have this sort of overarching dream, which, which seems out of reach. So for me, at a very young age, it was I wanted to find a way to stay home with my kids. And that seemed ridiculous because how are you going to do that? Because you need to make at least 40 grand a year in order to do that. Um, And now it's, we want to retire early. And that seems very far-fetched, especially in this area. But I know we're on the right path. We're doing the right things and it is working. And Compound interest is is the magic of, of the universe mm-hmm. meeting us halfway and the stock market behaving and, and that type of thing. So finding signs that it's working and then always looking for those signs that it's working and not like actively doing the work of not looking for signs that it's not working. And and I don't know, I feel like I'm talking in circles right now, but I think whatever it is, I think the, the takeaway here, Amanda, is whatever you're looking for, you're going to find, like, like you're, you're going to find it's true. examples that of it's working um, unless you're looking for pessimism. And, and honestly, cynics are always going to cynic. Yeah. I think it's like that quote, what you focus on expands. Like I see that to be so true, right? Like if the things that you're focusing on are all the reasons it's not working or all the things that are getting you down or all like, that's just going to feel bigger and heavier. If you start to focus on, okay, what are the little instances? What are the things I am enjoying? What are the things that are actually working? Like where are the tiniest little, little slivers of joy in my life right now? Like those are the things that over time begin to expand. And I do not make mean to make this sound like trivial because it doesn't feel that way in the moment. It can feel really difficult to do in the moment. But I think that like, that's the difference there. And then the other thing that came up for me as you were talking is this delusion piece. I just think there's such a big part of being an entrepreneur that depends on being slightly delusional. And then like, I can tell you like full out, I would not have the business that I have today had I not been completely delusional. (laughs) Like, It just wouldn't have happened. I know it can be really difficult to see your own blind spots, hence the name, right? So I know that you may not see the path from getting where you are now to creating the kind of big results that you desire. And that's yet another reason I continue to offer my free sincere sales coaching calls, even though future you coaching is currently full and we've moved to a wait list. Because honestly, I love helping you get to the root of your biggest mindset blocks around sales so you can sell in a way that feels good and land more clients with more ease. So whether that looks like getting another pair of eyes on your brain and business or taking more sales actions and trusting the universe to meet you halfway, I'd love to support you in getting your mindset right so you can skyrocket your results. I only offer a few of these each week, so head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales to grab a time that works for you. I have a quote on my whiteboard and it's nothing is impossible for the woman who refuses to listen to reason. 
So obviously the quote was nothing is impossible for the man, but I crossed that out and put woman, but, Mm -hmm. but I am not reasonable. I I know that. (laughs) Totally. But that's how you get results that like, quote unquote, make no sense, right? Like it's by being delusional. Like it's a fine line between being delusional and being irresponsible, right? So I think like only whoever's listening to this is going to know what's true for them. But like, Again, I just, I wouldn't have gone after the things that I went after. I wouldn't have the business that I had. I wouldn't have pivoted the business that I had. Like most normal people would have been like, you had a good design business. Why are you giving that up? Like, why? You know? And I think that that's the delusional piece. That's the like, I'm just deciding I can get what I want. And we're just going to clear out all the shit standing in the way. You know, like that is the mindset work right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. And, and it's interesting because that's not what you're taught ever. So, I mean, no. I mean, they tell you, like, go after your passion and the money will follow and, and that kind of stuff. So there's that. But then there's also hard work. And there are times, especially in an entrepreneurial vision and journey, in that the work is hard and it's not fun. And you have to keep showing up and you have to keep doing it and you have to keep typing into the box, even though you don't think anyone's out there and you have to keep talking into the microphone, even though you don't think anybody's there, but that's the work. And that is the little bit of being delusional of like, well, I'm just going to trust that eventually all this hard work is going to pay off. And it's difficult when you're in the middle of it to keep motivating yourself to just kind of keep trudging forward. And um, I know you are a runner and um, when I run, I, I have that kind of nonstop chant in my head, one foot in front of the other. Just keep going one foot in front of the other. And, and that's what you need to do. Totally. And I think that's the value of support too. Like I really think part of the biggest part of my job is helping people stay in it more so than anything else. Because you're right. It is uncomfortable. It is difficult work. Our brain does want to tap out. It wants to go in 50 different directions. It wants to decide this can't happen. This isn't the thing. We're actually an imposter, like insert thing here. So I think like the biggest part of my job is just reminding people like what's true for them or what they actually want and reflecting that back to them, helping them stay in it. Because I really think like if you stay in this long enough, you will see bigger results. Like I honestly believe that there's just like no way you can continue working at something and not have those instances of the universe meeting you halfway with like the evidence that it's working. Like, right. I think usually we want instantaneous results and it can take a little longer than we want to hang for. But again, that's the value of support is hanging through that difficult time, hanging for it long enough to actually see that play out, which is just like, I don't know, always so inspiring to me to witness in clients is just that like moment where it does shift and they did stay in it. And like all of a sudden, it, like it clicks. It's like, oh, if I keep doing this, there's so much potential here, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you read The Wealthy Gardener? Have you read that? No. You would like that. You, okay. Well, it's interesting. So it depends on, well, first of all, I think you should read it anyway. Um, but... <laughs> But as far as if you would like it, though, so it's, it's similar to like the richest man in Babylon in that it's a fable okay. and it's a bunch of stories and life lessons, but he brings it all back to gardening and you're planting the seeds and you have no freaking clue what is happening under the ground 
And you just have to trust and you have to just keep watering and fertilizing and it's going to snow and it's going to tornado and it's going to do all these things, but you need to just keep paying attention and you need to pluck the weeds and you need to do all these things. And all of a sudden you've got this crop and it's because you had faith and you didn't abandon ship and you didn't stop watering and you didn't stop feeding and all of that kind of stuff. And it's very similar to our brain. And it's interesting because I know that you're a sales and marketing coach, but life. So marketers, salespeople, the internet, television are all trying to distract us and and get us off whatever course we're on. And you need this shiny new thing to be happy and you need this and you need that. And you need to numb out your feelings with food and alcohol and social media and, and video games and all of these things are competing at our attention. But if the work is to have a large vision and just keep going for it and and moving towards it, the, the work really is putting blinders on to all that other stuff and just keep moving forward. And that's where the mindset coaching really comes in play. And I sort of looked at hiring you and and having the mindset coaching as um, like the car at Disneyland where you think you're really driving it, but there's a bar in the middle. (laughs) You're like, nope, I'm going to go left now. And you're like, no, 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 Steph, actually you're going to keep going. And and that's the thing is, is we're constantly being asked to veer off like, and, and having a coach and having someone remind you of what you're working towards and why you're working towards it. Because in real life, bad stuff happens. Divorce happens and, and pandemics happen and, and floods and all of these things happen. But it doesn't mean you give up on the long-term vision. And it's, it's so important. It's so fascinating to me how many people don't even take the time to write out a, a, a life vision plan or, or, or pay attention to New Year's resolutions or goals or, or do any of the things and they just let life happen. And then all of a sudden they're 65 and they look around and they're like, whoa, I have no retirement. I have none of this. So you, you really do have to do the work of creating the goals and, and, and then working with yourself and in, in my case, hiring you, having someone hold me accountable to my own vision and, and my own goals. Because it's, it's very easy to let life sort of pull you away because of the fact that we have celiac in our house. Um, a lot of the women that I work with have health problems and they've got fibromyalgia or they've got rheumatoid arthritis. And it's very easy to use that as an excuse to not mm-hmm. do the things. And so we talk about um, being an and land. So you can have fibromyalgia and you can meet your your health weight loss goals and, and you can have a satisfying marriage and, and all of these. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think, you know, the way I explain it is, it is most people don't get what they want because they don't actually know what they want, right? So if you do take that first step of figuring out what do I actually want here? Heck, if you're spinning on a decision and you ask yourself, like you can do this macro and micro, but like 
just asking yourself that question of what is it that I actually want, I find is so, it's like groundbreaking. It's revolutionary because no one is asking themselves that question. And when you get clear on that, when you know what you want, when you have that bigger vision, it's so much easier to start taking those actions again for the universe to meet you halfway. But if you haven't really set out that clear signal, if you haven't decided what it is that you want, if you're, you know, kind of thinking you want one thing, but talking yourself out of it the majority of the time, like it's so much harder to get there. But if you decide this is what I want, this is what I'm going after, and I am staying in it until it happens, not easy work, by the way, definitely useful to get support, but hands down is when things happen, is when the results show up, is what when you start to feel good too, because you know that you're taking action toward the thing you actually want rather than running in that default mode too, which I think is a really powerful thing too. Yeah, no, it's, you're, you're absolutely correct. So I shared earlier that I had always been um, sort of drawn to personal development books. And I always thought that if I followed their plan and their checklist perfectly, that Life would be sunshines and unicorns and rainbows and sparkly puppy dogs and all of the wonderful things all the time. Yes, it does. And so one of the books that I followed to a T was Brian Tracy's The 21 Success Secrets of Self-Made Millionaires. And you and I talked about it quite a bit because I realized I'd done all of those 21 things. We were, quote unquote, a self-made millionaire. I, I literally did all of those things, but that didn't mean... I was, I, I no longer had a drive. It didn't mean that like I'm ready to be put out to pasture because I've done these now 21 things for so long. And so you had asked me to come up with my own sort of stuff, success secrets, which is really difficult to say. Um, <laughs> so then in our, in my own podcast, I'm like, oh, okay, so Amanda gave me this assignment and it's a good one. So I had come up with 21 success secrets according to Steph. And it's interesting because some of them were some overlap of Brian Tracy, but the problem with Brian Tracy is he's a businessman and he is able to like lock his door from nine to 11 and have these different like power hours and tell his assistant not to interrupt him. And when you're a a busy mom or a multitasker the way I am, you mm-hmm. can't because the fact is if the phone rings and your kid's got a bloody nose and you need to go pick them up from school, you're going to drop everything and go do these things. So I, I sort of shifted what my success secrets were and what I teach. And, and the fact is, is it's the people first. It's the connections. It's, it's meeting the people where they're at and helping them and, and sort of discovering them. And, and I'm such a caregiver. And I just, I want to hug all the people and like, just love on them, like, like literally love on them in this sort of like unconditional love way, which I think is sometimes lacking in sort of <laughs> business books. And, and so, and, so, but, but like I do humanity think, yeah. in general sometimes, I but know. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to hug the people. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. So I also want to point out you wrote, okay, you manifested a new literary agent and you also wrote two new book proposals during our work together too. So tell us about that. Yes. I like to write. Um, so, <laughs> so I have a very busy brain. So I have the summers off. I have a, a day job where I'm a school site secretary right now. Well, um, cause the kids don't need me anymore. And it's another stream of revenue to help out Mr. Spreadsheet. 
I have the summers off. And so I had a bunch of thoughts and ideas and writing in my head that I needed to get out. And so um, I spent the six weeks of summer writing a book proposal and then sort of rewriting it. So one version, it's very, very woo. And then the other version is more like middle of the road for the non-wooedness. And then um, from there shifted and, and changed from my, my, my past literary agent who really just wanted to focus on cookbooks to, um, to a new one, which feels more aligned. But again, it was one of those universe meets you halfway things because this literary agent found me on LinkedIn and only because I had connected with like a former blogging friend. Yes. And so it's very interesting. Yes. I love when that stuff happens. Like those synchronicities are like, are how you know it's working, you know, like when stuff like that happens, it's just like that, that like nod from the universe. And I love that so much. So Steph, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? I'm at stephanieoday.com and the new podcast is the Slow Living Podcast. And um, if you want crockpot recipes, that's at a year of slow cooking.com. <laughs> and then I think you also said you have the slow down and simplify ebook, right? So oh, I think yeah. that'd be a good so, thing. Yes. So so the ebook is the opt-in on stephanieoday.com. Um there's a few freebies on the site, but then also if you just fill out the information from the newsletter, that book gets sent to you. Beautiful. All right, guys, if you want to learn more about Stephanie and slow living and getting to your big goals in a way that feels good, definitely head over to stephanieoday.com. And Steph, it's always such a pleasure and such a joy. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience with everyone. Always. Thank you. I would not be where I am right now if it wasn't for you. So I really greatly appreciate you. Aw, thank you. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. She didn't want to be known as the crockpot lady for the rest of her life. And while she loved helping read, read blah, blah, blah.